from a galaxy far, far away. And a bookshelf straight out of the 90s. From Thrawn to Dantooine. And everything in between. This is Legends Look Back. We were having a conversation the other day behind the scenes with the Utini team. How'd this come up? I don't know. You never know. These things happen, but once they happen, every now and then you're like, all right, I've got to take note of this. We're saving this for the show. Bringing it up on air. Somehow it came up about what Utini team member would you want on your team in a zombie apocalypse? Did y'all see this conversation? Oh, yeah. And somebody made <laughs> no. the spectacular point. We, have, we eventually got around to saying that basically Legends Look Back sans me. Everybody else on the team... <laughs> They're all first-round draft picks in the event of a zombie apocalypse. One, based off of her stamina at Star Wars Celebration, Emily will never go down. She never tires. She is the most (laughs) resilient person on planet Earth. Emily, have you heard this before? Is this like new news to you? You are you were the first person chosen out of the entire team. Somebody was like, for, without a doubt, I would choose Emily because she does not quit. I am flabbergasted. That I'm gonna have to go and reread that. I'm also fairly certain that you own multiple guns, so like that <laughs> would I mean, also that's help true. in a zombie I apocalypse. I feel like if they knew my husband, they would definitely have a first round draft pick. I would be like, I don't know, I. I don't know. I can't speak to how I would do. I do know how to eat a lot of wild plants, though. I, there's a lot of, like, <laughs> I know oh, how to find consumables wherever I am. I'm very good at finding food. So, like, in that respect, sure. Uh, I'm pretty good at climbing trees, and I'm, I don't think zombies can do that. So, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> well, why, was Fre- why were Freddy and Rick picked? Well, whoa, I'm trying whoa, to remember. Whoa. Well, no, okay. I'm just <laughs> I didn't know anything about well, this. Yeah, I'm just I'm disposable. <laughs> no. um, okay, I'm trying to remember. Me. How did I miss this? So, I I'll find it. I'll find it. Go I, ahead. I think okay. So I'm like really insecure for some reason. Whenever these kind of conversations come up, it's like yeah, I, I'm worth saving in for humanity. <laughs> and so I start just going off on like you know good at technical stuff, and then like my my like fun fact when you have like those get to know you things was that I flew a plane and drove a boat before I drove a car. That's um, right. I don't have my pilot's license, but I've been around planes a lot. Um, a lot of time. <laughs> I don't have my pilot's license, but I've seen them fly. No, so. no, no. Like, 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 I've been, important in I've been in the front row. <laughs> I've been in the front row of a single engine plane, like, probably a dozen times. You know, Rick's like, I got to visit the cockpit one time, and they give me those little wings. <laughs> Yo, I got to toot the horn on the boat. <laughs> no. That's funny. A little bit excellent more. Excellent point, that. Rick. Just fly so, over the chaos. I love yeah. it. Yeah, and so Head I just try to like. But yeah, you, you, Jared, you're right. I, I I don't really have many skills that really would help, and so I kind of just bluffing the way in. But I'm glad to know that I made the cut. So. No, okay, Rick, you would you would keep us entertained. Yeah, True. I mean, you certainly like. I mean, I got the timing. school bus. I got the school bus. Right, so come on, you drive the, the school bus. bus and you tell the jokes. There you go. They're not All right, always I good. I found, but I found the reason why. Freddy was chosen round one, and it is spectacular. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> My Oz dad says wouldn't I would take Freddy round one until I started to fire myself. No, that, that's not true. <laughs> no, here it is. <laughs> Oz says I would take Freddy round one. Okay. No idea his survivability index, but he'd be able to find us a local bar to find <laughs> beer in any town we ventured through. <laughs> 
I'm down. Truth. <laughs> it's, a, it's an ongoing joke that one time, it's like three years ago, Charles posted a picture of a brewery he was at, and it was just like two people sitting at a picnic table <laughs> and then a TV on the wall. There was nothing descriptive about this picture whatsoever. And in a, in on the other side of the country, yeah. the other side of the country was in Cal- one of the Carolinas, <laughs> east or west one, I don't remember the difference. <laughs> yeah. And... Uh, and Freddie like says, "South Canada, right? Yeah." Fre- Freddie says, uh, "Hey, that's that. Sir, I've been to that brewery. It's uh, your mama's, you Yoda. know, barnyard or whatever Yoda. it's called." Well, no, he knew the name of the place, and everybody was like, "Wait a second, what? How did you do that?" So, one of one of Freddie's superpowers. Yeah. My superpower is choosing the right Tupperware to put the leftovers in. Oh, yes. every he time. Oh man, cool. spatial awareness. Uh, I can also back a boat. Down a driveway or a boat ramp. Yeah, nice. Without even having to do this number. Uh oh, you must be one of those mirrors guys. (laughs) I mean, boom, we are in the water, no problem. Nice. Would that help in a zombie apocalypse? Did you put the plug in? Did you put put the plug in? Never, Rick. Never. I lost the plug years ago. Oh my gosh. (laughs) What do y'all think? Anybody else we've missed? Who else? Who else do you pick in a zombie apocalypse? Do I qualify? I mean, anything? Yeah, uh, you Anybody? know the, the spiritual Bueller? aspect. There, there needs to be some spiritual uplifting, right? Yeah, to totally. That, that's, that's what I was thinking too from the beginning. Of course, my value <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah, people. That's what they want in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> hey guys, be chill. <laughs> you know, I actually did that as a youth event, a zombie apocalypse. There's actually a lot in the Bible that talks about zombie language. Uh, it's not talking about zombies. But like rebirth. Yeah. Coming back to life. Yeah, like like. Also, like the Lord's Supper, like eating the flesh, stuff like that. So, oh yeah, uh, oh for sure. So well, we're gonna have hearing is you've that. taught a sermon on zombies in the <laughs> to Bible the, to, to the children, to the children. <laughs> to the children. Wait, is that better or worse? <laughs> the I don't Bible know. zombies. <laughs> Bible zombies. Wow. Yeah, yeah. There's something here. Well, uh, I I asked a buddy from college to go. I had a buddy asked a buddy from college to come down and guest speak for me back when I was first starting out preaching. It wasn't Rick. It wasn't Rick. It was somebody else. Wow. And uh, I was out of town. And as soon as I got back, I was like, hey, how'd it go? And they said, don't sick him on us ever again. <laughs> he preached a sermon about zombies. <laughs> and I was like, okay, uh, well, at least that means you can appreciate me, right? <laughs> right? That's right. Right? <laughs> and without further ado... Uh, whether or not you are in a zombie apocalypse, if you're listening to this from the future and there is one, mm. hey, sorry about that, but uh, we recommend that YouTube you call still up. any of these other three in the event of one, mm. rather than me. Very useful, tremendous skills of their own right. Tonight we're going to talk about, well, some other folks who would or would not survive in a zombie apocalypse as we finish our review of Darth Maul Shadowhunter. Which is kind of like a zombie apocalypse under the surface of Coruscant. I mean, there's a lot of like, like scary stuff down there. Uh, I just, mm. I just read Red Harvest, so I beg the difference. Yeah, there's <laughs> one for you for sure, yeah. for sure. Nevertheless, I'm very excited to talk about this. So, Rick, without further ado, let's kick it off. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends Look Back, proudly part of the Uteni Podcast Network. This is a Star Wars books podcast for people who've been clamoring for adult Happy Meals for years. Come on. <laughs> and now that they're here, they're they're fine. Kind of disappointing, honestly. <laughs> Where we celebrate our rich EU history as well as dive into lesser-known Star Wars classics. I'm your host, Jared Mays, and I'm joined by my legendary co-hosts, shall we call him, 
Shreddy Freddy with his Ooh. guitar skills, or wannabe guitar skills, one of these days. How are you, Freddy C? Shreddy Freddy. Uh, yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, you know, Jared, do you, you consider... hurt that cat? Sorry. No, I... Jared, do you consider yourself a a, uh, a Swifty? For sure. For Not sure. a crazy Swifty. I don't get into all the online predictions and theories. No. I get into some of them. Okay. But okay. I don't like, you know, so you, I'm not you in that world. till what? What is it? 12 a.m. Eastern to. Uh... No, the next. I wait until my vinyl arrives that I pre ordered months before <laughs> <laughs> in order to listen to it as God intended. <laughs> On the vinyl. <laughs> got it. Got That's it. right. <laughs> On the vinyl. Yeah. I So myself, I, I also wait. Well, I wait till, what is it, 9 p.m. Pacific. Uh, I don't have to wait as long. Oh, yeah. Just rub it in that you get to listen to it early. <laughs> I'm also waiting tonight. The uh, Blink-182 album, or at least their singles, dropping tonight, and I'm staying up until 9 p.m. to listen to it. Uh, but I'm a big wow. fan of Blink-182. That's that's been, uh, you know, I, I don't collect many Funko Pops. I got Giant Boba here. Definitely got a Blink-182 one. Pretty happy about that. And they're they're definitely in the news right now. So uh, yeah, for sure. There's something about them I like. I mean, you have to. On this show, what's their uh, their big hit? The big one? Uh, there's uh, what's my age again is one of my favorites. Uh, there's there's a you know to be honest, I'm gonna name some that are just some of my favorites. There's Dumpweed, which is really good. Uh, okay, for sure, <laughs> I definitely know Dumpweed. <laughs> Dumpweed, <Yeah>. man. <laughs> yeah. So. Speaking of Dumpweed, no. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Dumpweed, we're joined by our producer, <laughs> Rick Grace. Wow. I don't even know. That was so good, dude. I love that. That was teed up. Just Rick, you got to take some time and yeah. think about this, man. Yeah, Freddie, you had more to say, well. but I had to cut you off there, man. Nope, I had to nope. stop it. Wow. I just tried to figure out, where's my keyword? Where's the word I that's going to pop it over to Rick? I just love nicknames and dump weed, man. That's going to be on my tombstone or my head, headstone. Man, I had this great bit I was setting up that I was going to say, y'all, I've been multitasking, and I just... Won an eBay auction for $41 and got Young Jedi Knights. Uh, but just to make fun of Skuma a little bit. Sorry, dude. That sucks. This has I've been, been there. But, one of the most chaotic pre-shows and yeah, episode openers was, we've ever had. Uh, absurd. Absolutely absurd. So, Skuma Joe, it was not me that outbid uh, on you. But I know mm-hmm. that pain. And now I am the most ruthless, most ruthless eBay bidder sniper ever. I don't even start a bid until there's like four seconds on the clock. And I go ridiculously high so that I'm guaranteed to win. Um, so yeah, there's that. Well, but if Skuma Joe, if Skuma Joe gets, uh, uh, you know, if we do a Secret Santa for some reason, and Skuma Joe gets you, he's definitely getting you a dump weed shirt for sure. Dump oh. weed, man. <laughs> yep, yep. Wow. All right, dump weed. I there it is again. Yep. <laughs> and Emily. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like looking for the transition. Emily, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm about to dump a lot of weeds up in Kansas where we are hey, there moving it is. in the spring. My husband, who works very, very hard, got a promotion and we will be moving for some schooling for him. Uh, so yet again, this will be, what is it? Not the third. Is it the third? Will it be the third time I've moved on the show? Oh, wow. Well, uh, yeah, I think possibly. So. I think so. 
uh, to Central Time Zone, which we were debating is the coolest time zone. I believe Rick said it was the Lord's time zone. But what do you have to say about that, Freddie, being the only one of us that won't be in Central? Yeah, Pacific over here. Uh, mm. You know, uh, what, what is uh, what does the Red Hot Chili Pepper say? The song, the uh, sun may rise on the east, but at least it settles in a finer location. Oh. <laughs> nice. I love that. Wow. Does it settle or does it settle? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Ready for the show now, guys. Let's all go. right. All, all right. Let's just look back. We are talking about Chusa Bakura all day, 24 hours. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. You might want to dump your weed somewhere else. <laughs> Trusa Bakura. <laughs> Followed by Ruins of Dantooine for another 24 hours. Somewhere, somehow recently. Oh, I think this came up. Freddie, you have to go back and check it. I'll send you the link. I think that this week, hey, our buddies uh, Eric and Corey from that other show on Monday nights, you know, The Living Force, they were on Star Wars Explained Mm -hmm. as uh, Molly and Alex Damon had uh, the boys over to discuss Andor, the most recent episode of Cassinator. And there they um, brought up the Trusa Bakura on the live stream, Freddie. Wow. They talked about the Trusa Bakura with Alex and Molly Damon on uh, Star Wars Explained. So it's, it was a moment just like made for you. You know, uh, it's the more you speak it into existence, uh, a movie, Disney's going to get a hold of it. They're going to be like, you know what? We watch Legends Look Back every single day, uh, and we want this Trusa Bakura thing back. We want it. We want dinosaurs. We want. Look at this. See, wearing, I'm even wearing this shirt in memory of the Siruk. <laughs> in memory, because they're they're uh, Freddie's wearing. Freddie is the king of rad shirts, by the way. Yes. Um, also, rad hats. Freddie's just really good at a lot of things, apparently. All right. <laughs> anyway, um, Freddie's shirt has dinosaur bones. It's a what are they? Jurassic what do you call those? Shirt, Fossils. Yeah. Fossils. <laughs> It's like, I know there's a technical term. I'm looking for it. So, yeah, that's one very cool thing that uh, is happening over in the Utiniverse. That's not all, though. However, um, in case you didn't get the chance to check it out, last week we had a special bonus episode of Legends Look Back starring my brother, who's right here. Just kidding. He's not. (laughs) But he was. (laughs) He was in that video. Um, It was very fun to get to share something Star Wars with him. And I was like, what can we do that's Legends-y? I almost made him watch the Ewok movies and did like a film commentary watch along. And my wife said, don't do that to him. (laughs) So we watched uh, the entire first volume of the Tartakovsky Clone Wars. And I got his reactions to them. We talked about that thing on the back of the Corrin's head. We talked about uh, the Dessage of Interest doing the, the battle against all those ne'er-do-wells. And, um, I mean, it was a lot of fun. So you haven't yet had the chance to check that out. It was wild. And uh, a lot of fun to get to share That's that with my brother. Thank you. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed and, it. It, it, makes, it makes me see things in the point of view of someone who isn't a hardcore fan. or I wouldn't even call us a hardcore fan, right? We're just <laughs> obsessed, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, I mean, Wars. he's... Uh, and, and, and he's like he's a casual fan interested right? yeah casual fan yeah. uh you're you're most likely your everyday person the the kind of person who doesn't probably watch legends look back or maybe does i don't know uh 
but it, it was a good show. Uh, a lot of he only ever sends him the bits that I like send him links to. Yeah. I'm like, hey, this was funny. <laughs> it's a good show, man. <laughs> uh, definitely go back watch that show. Worth it. Uh, it was it was very fun, very fun. Except for the fact that I didn't have my producer, so I cut off the top of my head. <laughs> Couldn't frame my shot, man. For shame. Rick, I need you. For shame. What did we call him earlier? <laughs> uh, something. I don't remember. No. Most exalted and glorious one. That's the What I have in the notes here is a man of a thousand hats. There he loves go. his hats. By the way, Freddie, I just sent you a link to a really rad a retro droids hat that uh, was online today over at Heroes and Villains and as soon as I saw it I thought about you I mean this thing was made for Freddy C but to show it off on the next Legends Lookout but before we do next week we've got a very fun special show coming up we are doing a big crossover event and I'm realizing right now Rick that I probably didn't send you the link for that poster Mm -mm. to advertise it here on the show but imagine a beautiful High Republic poster. It looks like the the Oscars, kind of like that royal regalia, the color scheme of the black and gold, and the lights, and the regalia, all that good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, next week, we're doing a big High Republic crossover, and you're thinking, High Republic? That's not Legends. You are correct. So we had to be creative. I went back and forth with Trevor, Trevor over at the Star Wars Archives, for about an hour, maybe two about what could we do on Legends to Look Back? Help me out here, Trevor. Throw some <laughs> ideas at the wall. And I didn't go with any of his ideas. None of them. <laughs> is this, I did, however. Is this the right, there it is. Is this the right the graphic? High, yeah, I want you to say Ooh. it, Rick. What is this? This is Utini, the High Republic. I love the, this. <laughs> that, that, that one's all joxy. That one's all joxy. Yeah, so anyway, great job. We are going to do next Thursday, our portion of it. Freddie, tell the good folks what exactly we are doing for the High Republic Week here on Legends Look Back. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, I, I'm doing something that I haven't done yet, and I think everyone on the show is aware of, of what exact, exactly is happening, right? Uh, I am going to be reading my first full-length canon book. Mm. <gasps> what? Yes. Uh, I've read... Apart Aftermath, from Plagueis, you mean? As, as Jared called it. <laughs> Gotta give him credit there. That's a good one. She's, she said, <laughs> apart from Plagueis, Freddy. <laughs> oh, Darth Plagueis, number one canon book? Yeah. Uh, mm. Apart from Plagueis, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is your second, uh, really. I've, yeah, I've read Phasma, which I wouldn't really consider that part of... It is canon, right? For sure canon. But it's more like movie, yeah. right? Movie uh, tie-in. Yeah, it's kind of like myths and fables, kind of. Yeah. Single you character. know, honestly, you read it. And we're just going to ignore that because it sounds a lot better to say that you are reading your first canon book. <laughs> well, I didn't finish Phasma. I got to about – it was one of those books that uh, – it, it was on Libby. Found it, got the got the book. <gasps> oh, and I no, read, your time ran out. Yeah, my time ran out in the last few chapters. Oh. <laughs> and I was like <laughs> – and it's gone now. It's not in the library. <laughs> so <What>? I never <laughs> finished it. <laughs> so this is going to be mm. my first full-length canon book unless – you know, some sort Unless of... you don't finish in time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so this is a good oh, one. Oh, fantastic. It's a good one. Fantastic. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Well, I'm very excited. No uh, we're going to watch your career with, with uh, <laughs> great, great interest. <laughs> That's right. I have not read anything. I don't know anything about High Republic. Usually I just... I know there's a bunch of Jedi all of a sudden that came out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, these are all new people. And uh, I know that there's something going on with some explosions probably. 
That's about all I know. Well, I was gonna make a dump weed high joke, but <laughs> got nothing. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're, we're gonna basically give like a beginner's guide to the older public for yeah. folks who enjoyed the High Republic and uh, have read it all and like you know just need some more of it, something to scratch their itch. So we're each gonna give like an older public recommendation or something like that that might have some point of similarity yeah. to what folks might be enjoying about this new initiative. We're gonna talk from a Legends perspective, about what it is that we've been reading over there in uh, the canon world, and uh, also get Freddy's review on it. I'm very excited to hear that, and tune in to both The Living Force and Star Wars Archives next week for the remainder of that initiative. Rick, yes. we are about to have a big vote. Mm-hmm. And I can see you typing furiously in the notes, so furiously. tell the good folks what it is that we are about to vote on, what we want the community's help with. Yes, we are going to have a unscheduled, previously unscheduled, November roundtable. We have roundtables like every month, but yeah, scheduling, holidays, all that. We're going to ask you guys for some input and to help us figure out which book we're going to read and talk about. So yeah, we're going to nominate some and then narrow it down. And um, you guys in the chat will help determine the future. That's right. So here in the chat, you can give recommendations. They might influence our recommendations. Tonight, we're going to try to settle on four, possibly five, if there's like a good fifth from the chat that we're going to put up on Twitter and in Discord. And then by this time next week, we're going to establish the final choice Mm. that we will um, then discuss as our November roundtable. Who wants to go first? Who has a pick? What is it that you want to subject the rest of us to? Or, you know, to celebrate with the rest of us. You know, hey, something that you love. Uh, it doesn't have to be punishment. What's what's something? Mine is. <laughs> mine is going to be something that you would never read unless, you know, we you had to. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's encouraging. Um, well, in this... I'm going to go grab mine. Go ahead, Emily. I'm going to look for mine on the okay, shelf. Okay. In the spirit of... Halloween and zombie apocalypse. Um, I think Death Troopers might be a fun book to read. I know we've covered it on the show before. Mm-hmm. I have not personally read it, so I might be reading that on my own. Those were the early days. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, early days. Well, Emily, it was literally episode zero, so I think it? we can circle back to it oh, at this okay, point. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd be interested in reading that one. It's been on my list, and I'm pretty sure it's about zombies. I don't know. There's a lot of like bloody helmets on the cover, so I'm assuming. But and we did get an ELC re-release. Oh, well, yeah, there you yeah. Go. yeah. That's my That's, choice. I haven't read that one. So my my whole thing with this November one is I just want to do one that counts for our race to the finish that <laughs> oh, doesn't yeah. count yeah. for Jared. That would be mm-hmm. nice too. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> come on, man. Uh, <laughs> jokes on you. You're gonna pick one that I like, and I'm gonna enjoy it. And I want to count it. Okay. <laughs> you can count it, yeah. and I'll just enjoy it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, All right, so Emily, <clears throat> your pick is Death Troopers. Yes. Hmm. Uh, Rick, what's your pick? Okay, so I just read Red Harvest, so like that whole Death Troopers vibe is an, a possibility. So I need some help, y'all. Um, should we make the others read Red Harvest? It was a re- I, I enjoyed it. It it was really a, a funny audiobook, man. Some of their decisions and the on the production side of that were really funny. But that's oh a yeah, it is an experience for sure. It really is. Um, but some books that I'd like to read, I'd like to dive into some in the Clone Wars era. 
Uh, I know this is two, but the MedStar duology uh, looks interesting. Uh, some lesser-known characters, or any of the Clone Wars um, novels. So, like, um, let's see, what are they? There's a whole bunch. There's but, a bunch. Uh, yeah, Karen Clone Travis, Wars Wild Space has hers, uh, yeah. Wild Space has Bail Organa. That's a good one. Okay. We did that way back in the day with Eric. No Prisoners has both Ahsoka and Rex. It's like an Ahsoka Rex Legends book, which is wow. insane. That's cool. Um, yeah, Karen Travis has a five book yeah. series that's about to get its release in ELC. That's probably biting off more than folks are probably. ready to chew. And they're yeah, not really okay. standalone ish, are they? So you don't have to finalize yet, Rick, until right, next okay. week. But those are all okay, possibly MedStar, possibly Red Harvest. Those are all you good could ones. do a standalone yeah, a standalone Clone Wars. Freddie, you have yours? I do. By I the just... way, I found my ELC of oh, Death Troopers. Here it is. Got the zombies, nice. the helmet. Yeah. The good news about this, super slim. Yeah. So we're going to be able to Ooh. read this one real quick. Mm-hmm. Let's see there. What you got? Let's go, to, let's go to that camera just so we can see the uh, OG oh, yeah. version. The OG. There it is. There it is. I mean, that's pretty Looking good, beautiful. too. Beautiful. Uh, Isn't let's... there like a bust that they made way back in the day <laughs> yeah. when that book, when that first came out like you could actually get like a life size mm -hmm. gotta find yeah, that online i bet cool. you it's expensive uh, i mean it, during this time right there was a lot of i would say that the latter era of legends there was a lot of production or uh, cross production with with toys and, and you know companies that were uh you know star wars at that time was pretty huge 20 what 2012 around there so uh, yeah. licenses like sideshow would make like a death troopers statuette stuff like that and i'm i'm pretty sure it's still available i'm not sure actually i should check that but my choice for this round i was thinking of going with this book here but i feel like it's 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 going to get its time right now is not the time right now is not the time <laughs> oh come on come right on. now is not the not time he's holding up uh, lockdown just guess just guess what he's oh, holding lockdown. If the you can guess, those audio listeners exactly. Epicura was the Truce most Epicura. absurd book I've ever read in my entire <laughs> life, and I like. Oh my gosh, that would be great! I'd love to read it. Yeah, let's reread read it. <laughs> but or what's your other recommendation? For this <laughs> is this is the book that I'm going to pick, and I'm kind of shocked that no one else has picked it yet. But ooh, I'm gonna go with scoundrels. scoundrels. Star Wars I'm going to... Mm. Mm. No comment. That one's real long. If you've read it recently, Rick, <clears throat> then like you're fresh on it. Well, you know? yeah, I have read it. It already counts for my, my year because I did read it re very recently. But it's, it's a, it was a really good book. Still haven't covered it, it on the show, believe it or not. Reminds we have me, not. Reminds me of some things happening on a certain Disney Plus show. Um, <laughs> different, That's right. Different plot right. points. but I'm, I'm a little lukewarm on it, so... I haven't read it. Uh, maybe it maybe out. it's time. So maybe it's time yeah. for a reread. I think I've read it two or three times. You, it's just real light and breezy and bingeable. So we mm -hmm. won't spoil it. But no, no, I, I want to tell about the big ending. No, There's right now this you can never huge forget about thing the ending, that happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I won't do it. Okay, here's my choice. Already predicted by Skuma Joe in the chat. Ruins of Dantooine. <laughs> this one is what I am picking. I want all of you cover. to experience. Experience. Don't judge awful. the book by its cover. Don't don't judge the book by its Do cover. Not number one, read that, number Jared. one, video Emily, game I'm, and book. Star I'm, Wars Galaxy. 
I'm telling you, it's not that bad. That looks It's not great. It's not great. It's not great. But it's not that bad. Jared, just because you're like (laughs) scraping the bottom of the barrel does not mean you need to bring us down to your level. Listen, listen, listen. All right. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's it has a reputation for being one of the worst Star Wars books ever written. And I think it's because of the cover. We have a new shirt idea in the chat. Skumado. Skumado. <laughs> Do not make me read that, Jared. Uh, quote by Emily, oh, 2022. I, I was just thinking, like, the Shadows of the Empire shirt. Oh, yeah. Know? But instead, Ruins of Dantooine. With you the, know, the hey, I could, I could get you a nice, crisp screenshot oh, yeah. from the video game itself. You wanna... I mean, a crisp we could. Screenshot, like, like you can crisp. see the pixels. I can't wait. <laughs> the, the pixels just jump off the mm. page. I, I'm telling you, it was a... Very decent C tier book. Jared, the <laughs> only reason I would re- the only way I would read that is if when we did the round table, there was a roast section <laughs> where we in I, a positive way, because that's our commitment as yeah, Tini, I'm just I'm just waiting for roast the, uh, this book. I liked it. Yeah. I liked it. it. As I called it live here on the show, and I definitely was in totally, you know, in my right mind and not at all in any way compromised um compromised by, any, by the anything. rectal virus the plague <laughs> <laughs> when i said this i called it the lost stars of legends that's right and i'm standing by that adjacent somewhere <clears throat> so at, at least a little bit whenever i i moonlight as a uh, star wars del rey publisher and I have to decide which Utini quote to go with for the ELC. I'm either going to put "It's the Lost Stars of Legends" or what was it? It's a not terrible C rate book. <laughs> it's an absolutely decent C tier. Absolutely tier, yeah, decent. Okay, yeah. That, yeah. New York Times. Okay, so all right, all we have to do is narrow down your choice, Rick, and <sighs> then. Any community picks? Any um, yeah. any choices from y'all? We'll, we'll, we'll put like a an Help. extra. Add your own in the community, and then let folks uh, contribute their own idea as well. I'm very excited. What about y'all? Yeah, it's always fun. We get the communities pick. Freddie, I think the last time we let the community pick, we ended up doing Splinter of the Mind's Eye. <laughs> what did we learn from that? Not bad. <laughs> I kind of want to change my no. whole like it was bad pack and and it choose like lockdown now because I do want to read that one. We should, if, if you we, can read it, you're welcome to. On which book we read? If if we read Ruins of Dantooine, we have to uh, do an abridged version of the uh, what is it? If we're going to do a roast session, an abridged version of of Splinter of the Mind's Eye, have a roast mm. session. I, no, Freddie, I will quit the show before <laughs> I ever do that again. The when we did it Got for it. the show wow. was definitively <laughs> my final read of that because I'd already read it multiple times. I had read the book and oh, then okay. the comic, and then for the show I yeah. read the book again. And I'm not doing it again. I'm not getting those hours back in my life. And I recognize <laughs> its important place in Star Wars publishing history, but I am not going to actually dedicate the time to putting my eyes on those words ever what again in my entire life. There's not one. If they get, if it, if we get an audiobook there. All right. If they ELC it. Pretty C audiobook. I'll do it. You can record it, sure. I I would listen to it. I would love to listen to you read The Ruins of Dantooine. 
<laughs> no, what was uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye? This is getting off the rails. Uh-huh. We're moving on. It is time to discuss in all of its Everything three, has a prize. What does it have? Four different covers glory. We are going to be discussing Darth Maul, Shadowhunter tonight. One of the very first things we have to do with this book, however, is issue an apology. And mm-hmm. that is, mm-hmm. we said something last week, two weeks ago, when we did the first uh, first round of um, Darth Maul Shadowhunter review. We were talking about all the different books that Michael Reeves has written for the Star Wars universe. And some of those were written with a co-author. And we were basically saying, like, hey, I wonder why that is. And uh, joked about it a little bit and did not understand the full scope of what we were doing or of the situation. And we learned right at the end of the show, just seconds before we cut off and didn't get time to to correct this live on air, we want to make sure that we do so now and give proper credit and honor and respect. And that is that Michael Reeves had Parkinson's that was developing, therefore had to uh, enlist the help of co-authors to help him. Yeah, actually with the the physical task of writing the books. And so that honestly is awesome that he carried on and was so productive as an author. Um, And I really do respect that and are, you know, apologetic for, sorry for the way that we handled that last week. Anything else we should say about that, y'all? Yeah, no, No? I just, I can what you say, uh, it's incredible that he's able to contribute so much to so many different ways. Like just diving into his Wikipedia page, man, it's incredible to see the different uh, different types of writing he's done in his career, screenwriting, all sorts of cool stuff. So um, hats off yeah. to him. Yeah, definitely. And this is, this is without a doubt my favorite Legends book. So a massive compliment hopefully to in some way <laughs> make up for our massive massive blunder last week so um we are very very grateful to get to discuss this wonderful book and thankful for michael's contribution to star wars also one other thing freddie you said you want to make a bit of a serious uh comment here before we get into the meat of the show yeah yeah uh you know of course a lot of people say uh thoughts and prayers to a lot of things and this is another one of those instances it feels like uh a lot of that needs to happen around here, I guess. Uh, but there was a, a mass shooting rally, and of course, our hearts got to all of those people, everyone affected by that. Not just that, any any mass shooting, just just not okay. Um, and uh, you know, uh, that's that's all I really want to say about that. Just uh, you know, hopefully, you can find light in this uh, dark time. Absolutely, well said, Freddie. And let's get into it. Last week, and by that I mean two weeks ago. The last episode that we did about Darth Maul Shadowhunter, we talked about the characters. However, we did not finish. Therefore, let's discuss just a few more characters here before we move on into the overarching questions. And the first of them is Lorne Pavan. Lorne is this kind of Coruscant underbelly. What do you call him? Like a he's not a criminal. He's not an outlaw. Is he a smuggler? Smuggler. He's a, he's like an artifact aficionado. He's a dealer. S- He's a dealer. Yeah. He's a, uh, what is it that we called a dumpweed dealer? Oh. Uh, <laughs> he, he, uh, yeah. <laughs> that works. He specializes a, in, like, Jedi artifacts. He's like a pseudo Han character. Mm-hmm. He's like. He is that definite uh, yeah. middle ground, not quite light, not quite dark, kind of straddles the gray line a bit. Very, right? like, cynical. And... Yep. 
has seen life and probably just knows it. Yeah, and (laughs) speaking of that cynicism, one of the reasons there is that his. And by the way, spoilers for Darth Maul Shadowhunter. If whoa, that's not it. (laughs) Here it is, Darth Maul Shadowhunter. If you have not yet read the book, now's your chance. We'd love to have you back once you have. One of the things is that his son, he he was like basically a janitor for the Jedi Order, right? He worked in the Jedi Temple. And then he was straight up fired because they found out his son was Force-sensitive. They took his son, Jax Pavan, who goes on to become uh, the main character of his own trilogy in um, Star Wars Legends, the Coruscant Knights Mm -hmm. trilogy, which sounds like a a hot nightclub album, doesn't it? It does. It does. I've always thought of it like that. Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights. That's what it comes to mind. Yeah. Or I think of like Arabian Nights, Dada Coruscant Nights. Hey, Rick, remember that time that it was the last time you ever sang on the show? That was a great time. Uh, Man. And so his son, Jax, is stolen by the Jedi. Acquired? Drafted? Enlisted. What's the right word there? Uh, Kidnapped. Kidnapped by the Jedi, and and not only that, not only do they take his son, his pride and joy, they straight up can the man, yeah, because you can't have the attachments, and we can't have you, you know, close to your son, and that uh, we're just going to go ahead and sever whatever connection there might be. So his son is taken, he is fired, and he is angry. Mm -hmm. His cynicism then is like almost its own. Obstacle. They go through all these different obstacles in the book. You've got the the big Talzin and the 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 street youths. And anyway, street one of them youths. is is uh, his own cynicism. I, I kind of thought that oh, it's one of the big hurdles I've got to get through in the book. Is that cynicism first? Let's talk about it. Is it justified? Oh, I, like I, mean, Lauren's, I don't feel like Emily says yes. Why? That's a good one. Go well, ahead, Emily. Uh, well, I mean, like. I mean, anytime there's a child taken without consent and there's an injustice done, cynicism is justified, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Counterpoint, this is Star Wars. Four sensitive children go to the Jedi. That's the way the universe works. But is that just? Are are the the Jedi good? Not in this book. Um, Not for the most part. Well, <laughs> what color right are their sabers, the Rick? <laughs> yeah. As long as their sabers aren't red. They're not red, so. They're not red, yeah. <clears throat> Sorry. Looks good to I, me. I'm still stuck on, you said street youths, and I, I just realized that if I was in the Star Wars universe, my calling would be a force cult on the lower levels of Coruscant. So, um, <laughs> thanks for that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It reminds me of, like, uh, what is it, West Side Story? Everyone's snapping. Yeah. <laughs> Story. Yeah. <laughs> Emily says this is a wrong thing to do. It's hard to debate you there. Mm. You know, but this is just, you know, it is the way it is. Yeah, I'm less bothered by his cynicism and more bothered by his creepy crush on the Padawan. Okay, yeah, for sure. That's a, so, that's a thing. I'd like to talk about that. That's Can't a good wait. point. That's not in the notes, so we're not going to talk about it. You know, <laughs> okay. there were a few times I, I, I kept forgetting that he was an older dude who had, like, a kid, and I kept yeah. thinking he just was this young teenager. Mm-hmm. Same. So I wonder, I wonder if there was some um, back and forth in the writing process, maybe, where they, they weren't sure if he was going to be... Older or younger, and kind of just melded to what his cynicism was for. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. 
All right. So yeah. first of all, Darsha is about to become a knight. She's like trying to perform her last trial, right? She's in 17. order to be a knight. Mm-hmm. What? That's what if she's what nineteen? Maybe, maybe she's doesn't, nineteen. Doesn't make it 20. better. What's? what's and let's say a little, a little mm. creepy. Can we just acknowledge let's say, it's a little strange? Let's say he's forty-five. Yeah, it is one of what the more problematic the aspects yeah. of the book. That, okay, Padawan mm. becomes a knight. Is there a? It, do, is that like a thing? Yeah. I don't no. think there's. It's an just. Age it depends age. on how good you are. <laughs> what if she's like a forty-year-old Padawan? <laughs> I'm just thinking about like forty-year-old virgin, forty-year-old yeah. Padawan. Like... <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> Rick, that is a great idea, man. Oh my god, it's like the deacon at my friend Carrie's church, who was ninety, Deacon Bob, and he like could never get a promotion to become a shepherd. It's just like. Uh, you know, Deacon Bob, he's just never going to level up. He's 90 years old, never could quite get his stuff together. Anyway, yeah, the 40-year-old Padawan. That's a great idea, man. Uh, Scoobin in the chat chimes in. Anakin was 20 when he became a knight. And I think at so, this stage, like, she's friends with Obi-Wan. Like, they're the same year group, essentially. My grandfather was 20 years old. Er, he was 20 years older than my grandmother. Wow. Okay. So when she became a Padawan, <laughs> or what's what's the relevance here? Oh when they got married, okay. when, yeah. I'm saying that this is my favorite Star Wars book. Don't ruin it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying okay. don't ruin it for me, Emily. It is endearing. No, it's not a good plot point. It's awful. I don't like that. It does, and it's not in. And it's not in the abridged audiobook that I've listened to a hundred times. The abridged version, they took this out. They t- <laughs> Joe says canceled Jared's grandpa. He's deceased, Joe. He's deceased. He's deceased. Okay. Anyway, yeah, that is funny. Um, <laughs> that is fantastic. Now, here's the deal. Emily, this is not in the abridged audiobook. It was not... So you were not aware not of this a plot when you point. decided to choose this as your favorite Star no. Wars book. No, it was not. And I don't mm-hmm. like it, and I don't think it fits. And I think that the redemption story of him being – of her being a Jedi who is truly good and deeply good. Yes. And believes in him even though he doesn't like her. Mm. And she says, I'm going to do right by you anyway. And I'm going to risk my neck for you anyway. Um, and then him – by the end of the book, saying, you know, maybe there is some good to the Jedi Order after all, and maybe my son yes. will end up like you. That's, and that I hope my son ends thing. up like you. Mm-hmm. That It does, and it's in there, right? I'm not making this up. No, it's good. That yeah. would have been, if it had been a platonic and a platonic in, uh, interest, it would have been beautiful. And it is a beautiful story of redemption, where he is he starts to cynical, and I think that that is a huge factor. It's like, a what is it, a catalyst for change throughout the book. Mm. Like he makes yeah. decisions based on his dislike of the Jedi, and it changes the story of the book. Yeah. Mm. So it's it's an important component of the story, and it does change him at the end. So he he allows himself to be won over, um, yeah. and then ironically trusts the wrong person in the end. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. <laughs> I do think that redemption story of Lauren being jaded and cynical. And then coming to believe that there is some good in the Jedi and possibly his son being chosen as a Jedi is actually good for the galaxy mm-hmm. if he can become anything like her. is uh, this that's, That singular reason is why it is my favorite Star Wars book. Mm-hmm. The idea of there being 
a person that that you believe in that can totally change your opinion on a, a segment of society um, is is a great it's something I wish we saw more of, and it's all the more reason for people to get out of their uh, their echo chambers and and hang out with people that you don't necessarily like or people that you're taught not to like. Yeah. Or program not to like, you know, whatever that looks like in our society. But like, expose yourself to people of different viewpoints, and maybe you'll have your mind changed. Yeah. Um, and this that that to me, that specific theme is what I love about the book. Yeah, the one problematic nature um, of it all removed, which yeah. wasn't in the abridged audiobook. Wasn't there? Okay. Any, anything else about Lauren here? Was his cynicism justified? Does the cynicism drag down the book? Is he a likable character? <sighs> I I, um, I liked him. I mean, I really liked. Um, <clears throat> help me out. What's his droid's name again? Uh, I five. You yeah. called him IQ on the last show. <laughs> I five YQ. Yeah. Very smart droid there. Yeah. <laughs> I five. Yeah. He. I I loved I five. That was great. And so they those two the worked really well together. Beautiful. For sure. Um, yeah, I feel like Lauren is is like us, right? He's like the everyman. He's uh, every person really. Uh, he. Uh, doesn't really, you know, we can take sides of who we like on the light or the dark side. You mm-hmm. know, you could probably think about the dark side and like, ah, I'm not too big of a fan of that side, but I don't like the Jedi. You know, I feel like that's what Lorne is. And, you know, of course, when he when he understands what what is happening in, in everything, right, in the book itself, he, he kind of accepts his fate. And I think at that point, a lot of things change too, right? Um and of course, you know, at the end there is that whole thing. But in the in the whole thing, the whole thing that he's doing is he realizes how important his son is to him. He's like, I'm not. I don't want to be the guy that just doesn't do anything, right? Or or becomes the guy that his son hates. Or uh, I feel like he's really doing it for other people too. And and his his unselfish, uh, you know, uh, he he ended up in the hospital. I think at the very end, right? Ended up, or at least that's what we think. Uh, but he ultimately is just the everyman, and he can appeal to all of us, which I feel like he is absolutely necessary in this book. He's our lifeline into seeing how everybody else sees things. And, mm-hmm. of course, really That's getting it. us to see, like, how messed up the, the rule of taking one's child away is is not always the best way to go, clearly. <laughs> and this um, might have been one of the earliest um, examples of, of exploring the the moral complexity of that mm-hmm. issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In Star Wars, this was right after The Phantom Menace came out. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, this is over 20 years ago this book was written. There are other books that have done that in, in other shows. You know, they've done that in a lot more deep detail. Yeah. That moral complexity, the ambiguity of the Jedi, and taking the children, and, you know, training the clones, and, <laughs> you know. Um, they're holding the, the Force hostage, as, you know, I'm saying, like, it has to be our, our way or the highway. But I, I still think this is one of the earliest examples of dealing with that theme, and it did it well. It shows um, how one of the other though, things I love how unready everybody what, what is that? for the Sith. <laughs> the, just <clears throat> Lorne's uh, cynicism, etc. Like you know, obviously, uh, knowing the Sith are coming, it, it spells disaster. And I think what I'm trying to say there is, he does. Uh, you know what? Come back to me. 
I've lost I've lost my train of thought on this one. I'm thinking of of the relationship between him and Darshan. <laughs> That's a little interesting. <laughs> now that we complicated <laughs> it. Well, what I love dwells. about it, like it is a prominent yeah. theme in the book that this and it is a, it's a a love, it's a warmth of affection and it doesn't appear to be a like a physical attraction quite so much as it is like a heart to heart kind of thing. Yeah. Which does help to redeem that a little bit. Um yeah, he sees something fallibility of the Jedi. attractive. That's what yeah. it pointed out to me was the fallibility of the Jedi. Yeah. Like there, uh, it shows a crack already, right? We see the Jedi mm. as this monkish uh, race, and then all of us, or monkish—I don't know what we call them. Species—they're not species. They're not a race. They're just this group, this this cult or whatever. That's how we see them, or other people might see them, right? Uh, and it just shows how fallible they are. That oh, your kid is is force sensitive. Sorry, nothing we can do about it. <laughs> and it's like that's not quite moral. The moral, the, mm-hmm. the morality is a little gray there, right? I think it's actually not the right thing to do. Um, of course, they're doing it because Sith, right? The Sith are not to be trifled with, as we can find out in this book. Yeah. Um, and speaking, you know, you've got the Jedi on the one side and the Sith on the other, and so Darsha and Maul have these parallel story arcs in this. Maul is trying to basically complete one of his very first missions by his master um, that is going to basically, you know, uh, level up to where he can now officially go and do the big Sith missions. Don't mess this up. Do this one right. Um, And then, hey, you know, he's right alongside Darsha, who has to complete her trials in order to become a Jedi. So both of them just like... The apprentices that are trying to establish mm-hmm. their places on their sides of this conflict. And Lauren is in the middle. He hates the Jedi, mm-hmm. but he's clearly a good person. Yeah. You know, as we interact with him, he's somebody that we like. And I think his goodness is displayed in the way that he gives equality to um, so I-5. So he treats I-5 as a partner, not yeah. as a, a subservient. And so all, all the other ne'er-do-wells in the bar are like, how can you treat a destroyed like he's an equal business partner? And um, He's not as morally correct. He's like, why don't, he's like, why don't you ask him yourself? As the Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> Just like really forward progressive, you know, for a Star Wars book in 2001, right? Yeah. And uh, then you've got Lorne as this in-between. He's, he's neither Jedi nor Sith. And so we kind of are alongside him as he discovers his own moral compass and um, – has to to risk his neck for somebody he doesn't like, and uh, you know that that is a really interesting dynamic in this book. We talked about Maul and Darsha having these parallel journeys. <clears throat> Anything else I'm missing there? Like if we were to compare and contrast, we like make the pull out the whiteboard, yeah. draw the column right down <laughs> the middle. Darsha and Maul. What are their their similarities and their differences? Failing. <laughs> Okay. They they're failing yeah. to to uh I wouldn't say well, one fails to be to the test, right? One fails the test to knighthood, technically. Mm. Sort of. Mm. Sort of. Yeah, maybe she not. was supposed I mean, to I mean, it's a pretty big failure. <laughs> Her first job was like uh save the was it half Monchar? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just to to take him to the temple and she failed or that. Ulf the Fondorian. That's it. And, I can never remember course, which one's which to go to the Jedi Temple. To go warn everybody that there are Sith. Failed. Mm. Should have done that. Right? So she failed a lot. And, of course, uh, Maul failed the entire time to get this holocron 
to Palpatine. And I can just imagine, hmm. you know. We got that picture, Rick, of their big uh, their big conflict, the lightsaber duel. I mean, it's just a, an epic, it's a wonderful image by Chris Travis. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love this image um, yeah. depicting all the other covers of Maul Shadowhunter are just Maul looking ominous on the cover. This one actually represents the book. Yes. And it, it does show the parallelism of them being equal sides of this conflict. And yeah. I wouldn't I, say I think... they were equal, though. I mean, <laughs> Maul is incredibly powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's in control. She almost totally. busts the whole plan. I, I, think, I think their paths are parallel. Like, they mm-hmm. both fail, and then they both succeed at the end of the book. Like, her, her success ends her life, and his success comes at the very end of the book by accident. So, he like, turns into a spider. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's another story for another day. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I, I don't, yeah, she failed, but so did he. You know, he's supposed to contain this thing, yeah. and it kept on slipping away. Yeah. And so, I think their story is much more parallel than, than maybe we're giving credit for. Um, yeah. And I don't remember exactly. Okay, so I will say, Freddie, their stories are parallel. However, they are not equal in power or importance but I, in I the think Star that's Wars the galaxy. I'll give you that. Part of the dark side, right, and the light side is the light side is not really used for power and destruction, and the dark side is. So yeah. of course he's going to be naturally more, you know, a little stronger. The power of the light is their selflessness and their their teamwork, their community. So they help each it's other. It's more global impact, um, right? Like her. Actually, I'm not sure what her death proved, but, well, you know, we'll get there. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about that. I don't remember specifically, but in saving I-5, who wants to carry on the, obviously doesn't totally succeed at saving Lauren. That's not her fault. (laughs) It's not her fault. Uh, But I-5 survives the series. He comes out of this book. He goes on to be, you know, Jax's sidekick mm-hmm. in um, the Coruscant Night series, and then the Last Jedi, the Legends Last Jedi, as well. Jax is a Jedi who escapes uh, Order sixty six. He survives Order sixty six, and then becomes a private eye on the underlevels of Coruscant. Ah, I see something here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, has the little the detective agency. Anyway, <laughs> I don't remember his long-lasting impact on the Star Wars galaxy. I'm thinking, if I remember correctly, that he plants some seeds of rebellion. Like, he basically helps start some pocket organizations that are, that become the Rebel Alliance in the long run. Maybe. Don't take my word on it. It's not a spoiler. So, in a way, by saving uh, I-5 who saves and protects and, and serves Jax. Darsha died to start the Rebel Alliance. Mm. Mic drop. Mm. Good point. <clears throat> I The ripple effects. You never know the ripple effects yeah. of sacrifice. Well, and um, that <clears throat> that could be 100% accurate, and I like that 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 thread of, of plot. Let me throw out something else, though, just to think about. <clears throat> This is kind of over-spiritualizing things a bit, but, um, you know, for her, her purpose, her identity was so wrapped up in becoming a Jedi that when, like in the book, as she's realizing that she's failing her her task and she might never be a Jedi, 
she's like at rock bottom. She's got no clue what her life is going to be about. And so for her kind of coming to terms with really opening up to the force and letting the force guide her, she in that moment kind of has, um, you know, her, her purpose. She, she finds her identity and it's kind of this beautiful moment of it may not be impacting anybody, but she is complete. And so that process, that journey, I really enjoyed that part of it. Just seeing how, yeah. man, she found peace, even though she failed she was able to, there was, you know, success is measured differently. It's not in fame or saving the galaxy. Mm. It's in her connection with the force is what, what mattered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't in dominating the galaxy. It was, it was dying to save her team. Mm-hmm. And that is as important as dominating the galaxy. Hey, man, I love that. Ah, oh, that's great. Yeah. Fantastic. You know what? The dark, the for the dark side of the force was just too strong. Yeah. The attraction of that and- dark side. <laughs> And to that point, Freddie, I wonder, when you read the book, all right, I've read this so many times. Yeah. I love it. How many of y'all, were, were y'all all three reading this for the first time? I was. Yeah, I did. Okay. Did you ever think for a second that Darsha stood a chance of survival? No, I knew she was gone. <laughs> Freddie knew from page one, yeah. Darsha dead. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I mean, if, if there's any one? Jedi... Who you know what I like about this though? Here's what I really like about this: when Obi Wan gets inserted into everything, and you're just like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> what's gonna happen?" Because they don't, you know, they don't. They're not supposed to meet yet. They don't meet until that very moment yeah. that we all see in in Naboo, uh, which mm-hmm. you know the events of what's happening here, and the events of what, yeah, mainly here. I would say uh, also get your toothpick holders out. Lockdown. The events happening in these two books are all <laughs> leading up to what we see so technically we know certain interactions that shouldn't happen and we know if anybody says we found a sith they gotta be gone (laughs) but from page one when she's just going to pick up some dude oh yeah i knew she was a goner how did you know that how could you start start a lot of wars okay and you kind of get to the point where (laughs) it's like hey rogue one how come all these people aren't in A New Hope? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, that's why. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, one by one by one by yeah. one. That's an excellent point. Okay. I mean, it, And this does happen in Legends. There's some that survive, though. I mean, Jax, Jax's son, you know, he ends up surviving Order 66. But he also doesn't, you know, we don't see him in the book. If we saw him in the book and he saw Darth Maul or he noticed that there was a Sith or was on the trail, uh, it would have been completely snuffed out, too, right? Jax wouldn't have made it into uh, the future books. Uh, and that's... I, I after so part of this is after reading Lockdown, I got to see the intense martial artistry of Maul. He's not allowed to use the force in that book, and he gets through everything like it's nothing still, without even the in, using of uh, the inkling of of it. Period. And to n- understand to see that and understand that, and to see a Padawan facing that guy, <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> it's definitely not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know that Maul has to survive. Mm-hmm. And she's not even like a knight, right? You kind of think, okay, there's your cannon fodder. Yeah. But okay. Legends well, fodder. I didn't necessarily know that <laughs> she wasn't going to survive. I did know the Nymordian didn't stand a dang chance. <laughs> yeah. That dude oh, was so me? dead. Oh. <laughs> yeah. He was uh, the most cowardly Nymordian ever. He's like always on <laughs> antidepressants. the worst. <laughs> and it was like, when he talks about he was too cheap to buy that device that would change his appearance, I yeah. was like, what what is your end game here? What, he do, what like, are you exactly expecting from this? We'll get there. I, I see it in the 
in the notes. We'll get Cough there. up the credits or you're dead, man. Yeah, I was going to skip that one, Freddie. So say what you want to say, okay. man, about this okay. sniveling Nemoidian half monchar. I, I like the biological lesson it gave us of Nemoidians. I think they had like right? a... Right? Oh, yeah. Me too. It was <laughs> gross. Was They're gross. <laughs> they eat, what, mildew? Or they get mildew like baths? fungus or like, I don't know. It was yeah. all very swampy. Yeah, basically think of what uh, a fly would like to do and just attribute that to the Nemoidians. Um, and they have like a special organ that pumps like antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicines into their body or something like that. Very interesting. <laughs> we like need alien biology with Freddy. Oh yeah, where are the doctors the on this, man? <laughs> Get some bonus content. It was funny of... to me that like it was so like there were so few places that Nymordians would go on Coruscant. There were only like four. Yeah. And like, so they take zero time to track down. <laughs> like, like yeah. the fact yeah. that everyone knows, like, oh yeah, that's where Nymordians go. That's the Nymordian bar. If there was an yeah. America and Coruscant. How many McDonald's do you think there would be? Oh my goodness! Just on that's... one corner alone. Yeah, or like a Starbucks. Yeah. Like every level, just it would, they would just name the. Planet you would find McDonald's. me. You would find me in the Chick Fil A's. Oh uh, yeah, totally. That's really you want to find me. It's only for sure in the South, but uh, yeah, correct. Well, they had them in New England. There was just the the service wasn't friendly. Yeah, they were. Thank you. My you, pleasure. I would get, my pleasure. If they said my pleasure, well, they would like. Well, you don't even have to talk to anybody. You just put it in the app and pick it up. <laughs> yep, you go grab <laughs> your bag. All right, so here as we get ready to wind of down. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, one of the items that uh, is chased after throughout the book is this holocron that somehow has the entirety of Palpatine's grand plan <laughs> with the Naboo right? blockade on this thing which by the way I thought holocrons sec. holocrons are like uh you know the the in the Bane trilogy a Sith lord has to yeah. somehow open up the holocron yeah. using the force and constructed meticulously by assembling the matrix and the lattices and then they insert their persona into it and this it's like a usb yeah, yeah it's like it might as well be a data pad yeah. i was a little confused about that too Can't be like, a data was, his, pad, was his shopping list also on that and he was like oh no i mixed up my shopping list holocron with my evil plans to take over list. the galaxy Got a Smash Mouth soundtrack on there. I've got that on a flash drive somewhere, and I cannot find it. The only thing about a holocron is you do have to be a Force user to open it. That's the thing. And the Jedi wouldn't open a Sith holocron. They would just stash it. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's the perfect hubris of the Jedi. I kind (laughs) of think the rules with this holocron are looser. Yeah. Than they are with the majority of Star Wars holocrons. Clones. You give it a stern look, and it tells you all of its secrets. Yeah, they might have. They might as well have just called it yeah. the MacGuffin instead of a holocron. Well, yeah, they might. Like, as this well. is just. Let's just call it the MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. So maybe not Palpatine's wisest plan, but I do wonder about his plan involving Maul. Yeah. It's clear at the end of the book that he wanted Maul to go and make a blunder and mess some stuff up and take some people out. And it wasn't so much Palpatine's concern over the holocron as much as it was he wanted Maul to develop on his journey as uh, his apprentice. Needed mm-hmm. Maul to make some errors and clean up some messes and mess some stuff up. I wonder, though, did Maul 
ever really stand a chance to be Palpatine's one true Sith Absolutely apprentice? Not. Nope. Hard no. Obviously, we cycle through three just in the Never. prequel trilogy alone, yeah. from Maul to Dooku to Vader. You both say no. Why is that? Emily, go. This is easy. <laughs> um. Oh, gosh. Well, I had a really strong answer for this last week, and... Yeah. um. It's just that he's very one-sided. There's no guile in him. There's no political intrigue. Yeah, he's a tool. He's a brute. He's strong. He can get a job done, but he's not a mastermind. He doesn't use his brain. No. Yeah, and like Palpatine is the opposite of that. You know, he's hidden in plain sight, or Sidious is the opposite of that. He's like, he's constructing an entire situation for galactic conquest. Like that, Mm -hmm. like Maul cannot apprentice to that. Mm. Yeah, exactly. You might you might argue that <clears throat> even Vader is just a tool. Mm-hmm. You know, totally. Palpatine, Sidious, whatever you want to call him, he never never plans on giving up the power. I ever. think that's the whole point of Maul, though, right? If Maul had not died, he mm-hmm. would have continued to be that tool. Yeah, and I mean, like, Dooku was just a tool too, a different type yeah. of tool, less muscular, more political, um, and and Vader <laughs> was just the mean, scary, intimidating enforcer. Um, and so they're Dooku. just tools. Dooku, number one draft pick. <laughs> maybe, that's, maybe that's Palpatine's yeah. big failing as a Sith mm. is he doesn't actually embrace the rule of two. Yeah. He doesn't really train a full-fledged Sith Lord yeah. who ever th- threatens Palpatine's place on the throne. Mm. Yeah. Bane's version of it is you want to train a replacement who is better than you. Yeah, and I mean, they and, will advance the line of the Sith, and Palpatine's like, "I'm going to train a few who are decent, yeah, and that in different areas, serve questions. serve my purposes, yeah. Who I'm going to manipulate to never have the the I don't know the what's the word I'm looking for the ability or the oh gosh the impetus like yeah. the initiative, initiative to, to yeah, <laughs> just the, exactly the hutzpah to go out and do it for themselves. Yep. Well, so what I like about Go ahead, you, know, you, you go. I'm going to bring Darth Vader back into this because I'd like to make a, a nice parallel to to Vader versus versus Maul. Right? Mm-hmm. My opinion, Maul is a hundred percent my master. My master wants me to do this. I I do this. I execute. I'm I'm good at what I do. I'm a killer. I don't. You know, he's a Sith. Uh, Vader, on the other hand, he is a tool. But Vader is actually, you know, he he's pretty calculating. He's not he's not dumb by any any means. You know, he the, his weakness is that he is a nub, a nubbin, <laughs> right? That's <laughs> that's Vader. He's a what? <laughs> Rick, you got that sound cue Darth Vader queued up to go. Is just a th- huh? <laughs> is a nubbin. <laughs> Tis but a flesh wound. Well, he's also very irritable. Like he, yeah. it's so easy to anger him, and he just snaps really yeah. easily. But he True. does have more, um, a, more strategy than Maul does. I think. I mean, he was a. He wasn't a master. Can't get can't get him the rank of master, but he was an effective oh. general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you know, uh, I just wanted to bring that back. I feel like I had a. He's got it in him, but I yeah. think Palpatine squashes it, yeah. and so it takes Luke to bring it back out. Like, hey, let's let's think outside the box yeah. with a different plan. Um, and that's say what you will about Spider Mall. <laughs> what I do like about what Canon has done with the character is. It basically takes him down to this lowest point, and then he builds back up 
with a different drive. Criminal Empire. And so you you do see Maul develop a sense of uh, connive. What's the uh, the noun for conniving? Cunning. Cunning. That's a noun too. He's he's a yeah. he's a gang lord. He's good at being bad, right? He's not like Palpatine. He can't influence the entire ga- galaxy like Palpatine mm-hmm. can. No, but he conquers uh, multiple crime organizations in Mandalore. Yeah, I mean, nothing. that's no small potatoes. But that's totally Maul, right? He's just a, yeah. a really good bad guy. Absolutely. And you are all very good, good people. Before we wrap up the show, we are going to – how about that for a transition? Mm. We are going to, just at least for a minute here, give a little bit of a highlight of the recent audiobook performance, the Essential Legends Collection unabridged audio production of Darth Maul, Shadowhunter. This is read by none other than Sam Witwer, who voices Maul in both Clone Wars and Rebels, as well as some other places as well. And uh, it is a spectacular, absolutely spectacular audio performance. Might be the best Star Wars audiobook ever. We're going to at least play a very small sample of it here in order to uh, talk about just how great this is. Share it with the world. So what you got here, Rick? Yeah, here we go. Don't know how long we're gonna play it. I do want to get to when he does like a good Palpatine impression. I know he's got one in him. Why am I slimy? I think I think in the middle of this he does like a. Want to keep going? Yeah, yeah. I you know Russian roulette it one more time. I think he I think he does go to a Palpatine impression. Okay, we're not going to listen to him talk about buildings. <laughs> but uh, I do – we'll have to look for the clip of uh, the time. There's a, there's a place in the book where he – let us know, listeners, if you find it – where he slips from his Maul voice into Maul thinking about Palpatine um, – thinking about what Palpatine is thinking. And so he slips from the Maul voice into the Palpatine voice in one sentence. Yeah. Wow. And it is really, yes. it is yes. masterful. It is. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a great, what you get for hiring a proper voice actor. Oh, it's of, I think it's beautiful. A, instead of an actor. I think as far as audiobooks are concerned, it's a little slow. The pacing is slow, so I actually had to speed this one up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, um, he does, what I will say about this is he savors it. He savors yeah. every word. He does, doesn't And he it is deliciously evil. Yeah. And he really dives deep into Maul. But you might want to, yeah, speed it up a bit. I was, I think I was at times two for this one. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I wasn't missing uh, a ton. But, yeah, it was very good. Yeah. Usually you just miss the music. 
Right. Rick, Rick, and you just all right. Share the share with the good folks what it is you just told us behind the scenes here. This is fantastic. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'll, let me drop this in real quick. As we were listening, listening to the uh, audio book, there Windows Media Player was trying to find the right cover art, and uh, this is what it decided was what we needed to go with that audio. So I almost lost it. So now you get to see. <laughs> We gotta share that with. Oh, I only just saw the arm. Sorry, get that off the screen. Um, oh, we gotta dang. share that with. We gotta share that with Sam Whitworth. I mean, that's fantastic. Uh, Somebody out there, please tag tag Mister Whitworth and uh, oh let him know. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> what a great moment. Anyway, fantastic. Quite possibly, let us know what you think. Quite possibly, the best Star Wars audiobook of all time. Album cover, both for the quality of the story and for the performance. It's at least in the you know. It's at least on the pedestal, don't you think? No, it was, it was yeah, incredible performance. Incredible. Totally. Definitely. And so that is going to do it for this week. We have coming up, like we said earlier in the show, next week, the High Republic Roundtable as we kick start phase. There's phases and waves. Which one is this? A phase? Phase two. It's just a phase. Phase. Phase two, yeah, wave phase one. Two. Phase two of the High Republic is kicking off right now over in canon. We're going to join in on the celebrations there. And even Freddy, the King of Legends himself, is going to read a canon book just for you, good listeners. And without further ado, that is going to do it for this week. Thanks for joining us here on Legends Look Back. Thanks to our incredible patrons for your support. We love making the show. And we are glad that you are along for the ride. A special thank you to our Jedi High Council, Brian Dooley, Earl Q, Patrick Ortiz, and Carl Sander, and the Alliance High Command, Ashley Ingalls, Elizabeth Cloutier, and Sally and Chris Eilerson. If you'd like your thoughts around the show, our contact information can be found in the description. We are also on Twitter at Legends Look Back. If you're looking to buy some of these books, such as Darth Maul, Shadowhunter, or the book we're talking about a little bit next week, Light of the Jedi. That's weird to say on our Legends show. Woo. Uh, you can go on over to utini.com, click on the uh, Amazon link in the profile, and remember, until next week, keep that Utini fan code and be a force for positivity in the fandom. May the force be with you. This is a Utini broadcast.